When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Malcolm, the big story has been the collision between Aaliyah, Aaliyah and Lockie Jones and the fact yep. that Aaliyah came back on. We were staggered during the call, as were most of the people watching on the TV and uh, and all around the nation. Well, a man that knows all about injuries and concussions and that, he's a resident doctor, a great bloke too, Dr. Peter Lark, as he joins us now. Doc, thanks for your time. And can I ask you what was your first reaction when you, whether you saw it live or whether you saw replay that collision? No, I did see it live, guys. Good evening, uh, Blighty, Dave. Um, Look, my first reaction was they're both gone for the night, I'll be honest. Mm. Uh, whether I was looking at it medically or as a footy fan, I think we've seen so many examples of blokes, uh, you know, clash heads, whether it's teammates or opposition, and then they go down and they just don't react on the ground or they have this rag doll appearance on the way down. So rag doll is when you lose awareness of where you are and you just collapse literally like a doll. And, and I think that was sort of the vision that it struck me because clearly there was seven or eight different angles shown. We got repeated and repeated. And I, I, my immediate reaction was, you know, they're gone for the night, to be honest. Yeah, Lockie Jones sort of went down with one arm still in the air. No no doctor wants to put their, their players at risk. Uh, is there any any sort of thinking you can see the reason why the Port Adelaide doctor would have let Aaliyah go back on? Well, I know the reason that he would have, because Mark Fisher we're talking about, very experienced, been at Port for a long time, been with other you know, national team work, and he's not one of the young blokes on the scene, if you know what I mean. And I mean, he basically went out and he was speaking to Aaliyah, and I could see them communicating. The TV did show that. So Aaliyah was speaking to him and obviously walked off under his own, um, you know, um, under his own means. But then the conversation on the sidelines is really what determines what happened next, guys. And so this initial head injury assessment um, is really looking at orientation, whether the bloke knows what planet he's on and whether he's coherent and lucid. And I understand that Alir Alir was completely like that, whereas Jones was more stunned and he had a headache developing. So I think it was obvious that he needed to have a more detailed assessment done. But the decision on the sidelines is based on two things. One, the vision, and I'll come back to that. And secondly, on how the player is reacting on the sideline. So the decision not to do a detailed concussion test, which was surprising, but it was based on the fact that Lear Lear was so coherent and lucid and and wasn't showing any symptoms. But the thing that's really changed concussion in in footy has been the vision. And and Mm. it's mandated that the club doctors have to look at that. And we're all looking at it at home because it's being thrown at our face by the media and you know, and over and in, I think everyone saw the reaction at the time. So it was a little bit of unusual that it, he went back on, given the way it came across in the optics of the uh, of the vision of the collision. Doc, I, yeah, I was at the Gold Coast Suns and, and went through this with the doctors and the medical staff and all the trainers up there, and they showed these little bits of what you need to do. And as you've just said, the vision was vitally important to helping the diagnosis, and that was quite explained. Mark Bickley talked about it last night when he coached the Crows for a short period of time. So this has been in for a long time. This is not rookie stuff, is it? This has been around for a very long time. No, no, Malcolm. It, it, it's the biggest um, change for the doctors. And, in fact, it's mandated that they have to look at it. Because, you know, when it, when it happens live and you might be looking at a player's knee or, you know, doing something else, you don't actually necessarily see the live game 
and the, and the player, you know, is down on the ground, you rush out, you talk to him, and, and he may not be able to give you an example. So the, the doctors are required, and they're fed the information on a laptop by the AFL uh, feed, and so it's mandated that they have to look at that to determine. Because often you only get this, you know, five or ten second window when you see the yes. player's reaction. And Jones is a great one. His arms reach for the sky. I used to call it the praise the Lord position, Malcolm. You know, where yeah. the player looks like he's, he's and, and that's when the brain switches off. So that was pretty obvious to me that he was in that concussed um, position of his, his brain whereas with the Lear when you look at the vision he ragdolls as I call it he spins in midair he doesn't break his fall on the way down and then he lies motionless and clearly it was a head injury I mean he had the laceration over the side of his jaw so so the vision when when you talk to him he might say he's fine because all players say they're fine 30 seconds later sometimes mm. after this but you look at the vision and and that really should have tipped the, and I understand a scat test the sports concussion assessment test that wasn't done on a lear because they thought he was too good. But I think in retrospect, they're probably reconsidering that decision. The focus has been there. Um, and I, and I, I wonder now, you know, if they look at it, they say, well, maybe we should have done that. Because I think our attitude with the head injury, mental health, the CTE, the litigation guys, is that, you know, when in doubt, you make the right decision. And, and you know what? If you make the wrong call, the coach will yell at you for calling it concussion. But you can actually overturn that yeah. during the week with AFL permission and the player still plays the following week if you say, I stuffed up. But to do it this way and have the scrutiny, it sort of looks bad. And, and now they're both not going to play against Geelong on the weekend. Yeah, he's admitted his mistake. And I don't know whether he's pressured into that or, or whatever. But I um... know, oh, I doubt, I really doubt that. I mean, Mark, Mark Fisher is very experienced. I think, look, you know, you, you make 100 calls in a, in a week as a footy doctor. It might be about a tight hamstring. Do you put them back on or not? Or a guy's got a little bit of a loose shoulder. So, you know, no one's got a perfect record, either in coaching or medically. So I think. It, Fish, as we call him, Mark Fisher would, would admit yeah. that he'd like his time again, um, and he's put his hand up, I believe. Um, but I don't think he was under pressure from anybody. I don't think Kenny Hinckley or anyone should be pressuring Dockers, and I don't believe they did. Could you have a, almost a, a third umpire and have an independent doctor there, Peter? If um, yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone obviously wants to look after their team and the player as well, but sometimes maybe yeah. it can be slightly clouded. Yeah, David, it's been talked about for a few years. The doctors initially resisted it. I think now some of them are glad to have it taken out of their hands and say, yeah, make it the AFL's responsibility. And um, they can fund having, you know, well-trained, and I mean well-trained doctors on the sidelines who know footy and know it. I mean, there is a third independent umpire looking at the vision, and if a doctor doesn't see the vision properly or, or misses it, he gets a message on his iPad or the laptop from the um, above from the doctors. And I know a couple of doctors that are doing that job independently and they say, look, you better go and look at David or you better go and look at Blighty because I think he had a head knock. And if the doctor's missed it, he'll say, thank you very much. The doctor still makes the call. So there is a second opinion or an input going on, but the decision about whether the player goes back on or not is, is the club doctor at the present time. But there is a push to take it completely away. Um, and I think that sort of suggest that the doctors aren't doing the right thing by the player and putting the club ahead of the player and I really don't think that happens guys Doc I've been around a long time I, I, I yeah I've always been amazed at the doctors in, in a you know in a combative sport I've seen guys being stitched another one being concussed another one with a crook ankle all in the state of two minutes and every doc I've seen do it is so calm in the response you know they do it the, almost organized no, this one's worse, this one's second worse, da 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 da. So this this whole process Yeah. They just go through it. Yep. I've seen them do it so many times. I yep. one of the problems is today, I was talking to someone who's been around the footy scene for a, a very, very long time. He he made the comment he doesn't think it's a great look for the medical profession in the AFL. 
I know this is one decision, but it's one decision that's, you know, it's 100% wrong. We get that, we get that, but it doesn't look great for the whole industry. You mean you mean the earlier, earlier yeah. case? Yeah, 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 100%. Look, I think every club doctor will be looking at that and they wouldn't want to be in Mark's shoes on, on the night and everyone can be an armchair expert from the cheap seats just at the back of the, the stand. But, um, but you're right, I mean, every club... And I think, you know, there's such a focus, isn't there, Malcolm, in yeah. the media about what's going on with litigation with some of the guys that you played with, some of the more recent players, you know, it's, we, we, we're taking it seriously. And so... I think, you know, when there's a case like that where a player's clearly had a head injury, that he, he, he's on the ground, the game stops, I, I think the look from, you know, the non-experts as well as the experts was, well, it probably was a concussion and he should have had a concussion test. And I think Fish, with his time over, will probably say that again. So, I mean, you know, he's got an incredible track record of doing a good job. So, you know, I don't know if you ever made a mistake coaching Malcolm. I've made a mistake occasionally, but... You know, the issue for that one, there's incredible pressure, and I think the message is pretty strong. It looked bad on the night. If you're in doubt, you go ahead and do the concussion test. It's going to take 15 minutes of the player out of the game, mm. and, it, and, you know, that's all it takes. And and, the, and the, the doctors rehearse how to do it, as you say. There's a calmness about it because you've got to make, you know, the, the pressure of the decision should be based on the player welfare, not the state of the game and whether you're a, minute, whether you're a point behind and there's 20 minutes to go. That, that shouldn't come into any yeah. decision that, that, a player, that a doctor has to make. Great point, uh, Dr. Peter Larkin's our guest. Delayed concussion, Peter, how, how common is that? Very, very common, and I'm, I watched Aaliyah very closely in the 20 minutes he went back on, and I, was, I said to the people I was sitting and watching the game with, including a couple of Port supporters, as best I can, I'm going to watch him, because you want to see whether he's, he's missing the game, you know, where he's punching midair or running in the wrong direction or dropping a mark, and, and I thought he went back on, and I mean, Tyler Walker was having a night out, wasn't he, but... You know, I thought he didn't play too badly, but what is compulsory is the doctors then every five minutes go out and check with him because delayed concussion can come on quite a bit later. And so it is part of the AFL protocol that someone who's passed the head injury assessment or the scat test and diagnosed as not concussion and therefore returns on the night still has to be continually checked because delayed concussion, confusion, a headache, bit of blurred vision, the player has to put their hand up, but that can come on half an hour later or even after the game. Yeah I, yeah, I had a few of them. Mate. They did come on after. Yeah, lost lost track of a lot of things. I, just with the future, I mean, they're talking about the, the, the repercussions now that Port Adelaide are going to cop here. They're talking fines. Yep. I mean, all that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I think someone told me that I, I vaguely remember this. About 2016, they got fined $20,000 with Travis Boak going back on for some reason or other. There was a Jonas Butters incident, incident too. Yeah. So is yep. Yep. is it? There's never been any points loss or trade, you know, draft loss. It's it's all no. There was financial. Fine. There was fines yeah. made. So ever since yeah. the concussion protocols came in, there have been fines on a couple of um, occasions based on players returning when they should have been, or not testing a player when they should have been tested. Some of those have not been made public, and I'm not going to name them, but they did happen oh. a couple of years ago. Wow. So so the, the notice to the club doctors has been pretty strong. Um, but I don't think there's ever been a... I mean, I've, in the papers over here, and I'm sure it's the same there um, over here as in Melbourne, that, you know, they're talking about points being taken off or draft picks. I mean, I think that's a pretty big penalty. I, I think the concept of a fine is being looked at, and the AFL has to make a ruling on this and investigate it and talk to the player and talk to the club and talk to Mark Fisher and um, the medical advisory group that advised the AFL will make a ruling as to what AFL sanction mm. might come in for port but I just think that with the backlash that it's had over here the last 
or around the nation, I think, the last 48 hours, that there, there may well be some financial thing come in with that. But it might be suspended. Who knows? Yeah, they're talking a big penalty. You hope one incident doesn't uh, taint his, like you say, Mark's had a, a wonderful career and we've all made mistakes with, with commentators well, or footballers point, or whatever. I mean, Mark, you know, we're not talking about one of the Johnny-come-latelys or Jill-come-latelys yeah. in the footy world here. We're talking about a guy that's got decades of experience up with mm. Port, right back to the times of the flag with Mark Williams. I mean, I, I mean I, and I'll put my hand up, Mark's a personal friend of mine and I'm not defending him. I'm just making comments that, yep. that you know, he's a guy that, that knows the rule. He, he knows the pressure and, and he's made a hundred good decisions, you know, every week about a player, whether it's, as I said, a tight calf, a sore hammy or, or whatever. Um, so you don't want to, you don't want to judge a guy because he, he made one call that, that he, he perhaps got wrong and, and I don't, you know yep. it, it was a match where Port was under incredible pressure they were behind and I'm not saying he made the decision based on that but there's a lot happening in a match on the sidelines and as, yeah. as calm as the doctors might look on the outside to you Malcolm I can tell you they're, they're paddling pretty hard underneath so the duck sits on the water and yeah. you don't see your heart have a leg for paddling under the duck on the lake and that's really what the doctors are doing because you know time is everything if you try to stitch somebody up or you try to make a decision about somebody with a cramp and but the concussion stuff I think we all just take a breath sit back and you do your 15 minutes if you have to and, and I think that's the lesson for all the club doctors who will uh, I mean they'll all be feeling sympathetic towards Mark um, but I think we're certainly not going to judge based on, on one decision um, that, that, that maybe he would like to have his time again as, as I said many coaches would in making moves on the field Malcolm. We know you've yeah. got work to get to thanks Peter really appreciate it. Yeah. Well it's nice to talk to you guys thanks. Dr. Peter Larkin's there, and um, yeah, summed it up well. And you don't want to be um, your whole career, and and they do a lot of this for nothing, isn't it? Basically, it's just all their their time they yeah, come out well. um, tainted by a wrong call. I think it was just bloody that we were so shocked to see the player come back on. Yeah, that, yeah. If it's a fifty-fifty thing, oh mate, should they look at it? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I think I made a. A comment like they'll be booking a bit in the RAH, uh, the the hospital. That's how it looked. Yeah. It looked like a train wreck. It did, I, and uh, that's why I, that video stuff was so important. I can remember just going through it with the doctor at the Gold Coast, and and Mark Bickley did it all those years ago. As I've mentioned to Doc then and last night, that you know the video is so important. You must get hold of it. 